You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. What can pirates teach us about our faith? Today we're going to be discussing our favorite pirates, both fiction and nonfiction, going everything from Disney to video games to anime. It'll be a fun time. This episode's for everybody. Uh, you know what pirates are, then you are prepared for this conversation. Hey everyone, welcome to Systematic Geekology, episode number 20. We are the priest of the geeks. And of course, when I say that, uh, I'm not saying that we're ordained, but rather just that we're acting as mediators between the geek culture and the faith, which is what the Bible originally meant by that term. Um, and this isn't some kind of trap. This is just two guys who legitimately like pirates, both of our favorite animes, pirates. Uh, we have an ongoing I'm not sure if it's a joke or just a thing we're going to do about uh, getting sort of matching pirate tattoos. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll find out. Yeah, you guys might find out too. Who knows? Uh, make sure you go support us on Patreon. Uh, your support would mean the world to us, and we could use it to fulfill all of our goals, which we have a lot of, uh, some of which include you know, being able to help our community, maybe going to Comic-Con, a whole bunch of stuff in the works. And uh, you can get a lot out of the Patreon page, too, if you go support it. We are about to start running a D&D session or a D&D campaign uh, for our, you know, our top contributors. So go check that out. Yeah. And I am Joshua Knoll. I am a fourth year biblical studies student at North Greenville University. And I am looking forward to trying to convince TJ to trade Pokemon with me on Brilliant Diamond so that I can evolve my Onyx into a Steelix. Yeah, that's what I'm doing today. All right. Uh, I'm TJ. Uh, I'm a kitchen manager at Chipotle. And I might trade Pokemon with Josh later. <laughs> uh, I hope so. I've never had a Steelix. I'm kind of excited. Right. But it's time for today's subject. A lot of pirates and privateers were associated with either the Catholic or Anglican churches. Uh, what were some of the religious backgrounds of our favorite pirates? Uh, yeah, so Henry Morgan, uh, one of my favorites, is associated with a lot of church war. A lot of his legacy was tied up with the Anglo-Spanish War, which was a highly religious war. Um, his family ended up being split on like both sides and... He basically ended up becoming a privateer just because he was sick of all that. He was trying to get away to America where it was a better land and still got cut up in the religious wars and eventually started Tortuga, which was basically a pirate empire where they ran rum to places. Which is also why that rum is called Henry Morgan or Captain Morgan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, uh, one of my favorite privateers, surprise, all of our favorite pirates are not pirates, <laughs> uh, is Sir True. Francis Drake. Uh, he is my great, 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 great grandpa. Uh, and he was actually raised a staunch <laughs> Protestant. Uh, so, uh, we've pretty much stuck to that since then. Uh, but, you know, Francis Drake was well known in his time. He was worth about, I think it was, would have been a million American dollars at that time. Uh, so in, adjusted for inflation, that would be quite the large sum of money. <laughs> Do you know, did any of his, um, any of his religion like impact how he acted as a privateer? 
I mean, is that why he was never a full pirate or? I don't think so. Uh, but he did, you know, he didn't want to be against the law uh, because a lot of his family was, you know, prosecuted for their religion. So he didn't want to stir the pot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what was interesting is like the Anglo-Spanish War, um, since the Spanish were mostly Catholics, where how often the Anglicans basically came up with like religious loopholes to be like, oh, no, no, no. The Christian thing to do is to be a privateer. God wants you to ramsack other ships. It's a good thing. It's true. It's in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. This is right there. Army mateys. Go get them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Morgan 432, I think, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So more, more fun for a lot of people. Me and you could probably talk pirate history for a while, but a lot of people prefer their fictional pirates. Who are some of your fictional pirate favorites, fictional pirates, DJ? Uh, well, obviously, of course, naturally, uh, I'm going to have to say Sinbad. Oh. The comedian, not the pirate. Uh, <laughs> but really... Actually, really, Sinbad and Magi, pretty good character. But uh, Monkey D. Luffy. Uh, God, yeah. Big fan of Monkey D. Luffy from One Piece. Yeah, uh, great. They're great not show. here now, but I do have uh, the One Piece wanted posters, uh, which will probably go here somewhere. I think this should go right above you on your recording. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, huge fan of One Piece. I've been watching it. You know, just casually for like 16 years, 15, 16 years. Uh, you know, I just, I, I really like Luffy. He's not yeah. even really a pirate, honestly. Uh, he, <laughs> but he's going to be he the technically king of is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sorry. See, I, I was going to say I'm surprised you didn't say the pirates of Treasure Planet, but I guess the pirates there are almost exclusively bad guys. Uh, they are. And also, uh, you know, none of the pirates are James Pleiades Hawkins. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's your favorite character. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I Long John Silver is up there, though, for favorite fictional <laughs> pirates, not right. the restaurant. I hate the restaurant. I, I like the restaurant. OK. Um, OK, so naturally, yeah. Monkey D. Luffy. One Piece is just one of the best shows. Every single pirate in One Piece, with the exception of like Blackbeard are some of my favorite fictional pirates. Right. They're all great. Yeah. Not to mention that uh, I'm pretty sure Henry Morgan has a One Piece counterpart. And I know Francis Drake has a One Piece counterpart because it's ex-Drake and he's, you know, invo pretty involved in the story right now. So yeah. One Piece does a really good job of doing like pseudo history mixed in with their like absurd fiction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're just going to include this nod to actual history and then not really acknowledge it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. I, I also naturally, I love Pirates of the Caribbean. Captain Jack Sparrow is great. Um, well, at least in the first three or four. That that fifth one, I just hate to acknowledge. Um, weird one. The Pirates in Tailspin, the old, that old uh, Disney mm. show. Love them. I thought they were great. That's actually why I watched that as a kid. Um, there's a pirate game of Ratchet and Clank. Everything about that was fun for me. They were bad guys, but I enjoyed them. Um, there's just too many pirates, I feel, feel like. I'm like, yeah, there's pirates in like everything. They're all great. What do you mean? Um, 
do you see any of the religious backgrounds kind of playing a part in the history of these characters? Like, I don't really feel like it comes up much in One Piece. No. Uh, religion and One Piece are pretty much completely separate. Uh, I don't I don't even know if there is one referenced in One Piece other than a character calling himself God. Oh, which, I, don't even, I don't even think I've got to that part. You have. It was Anel, the, oh, the okay, lightning yeah. guy. Yeah, no, I knew that. Um, but he lost, so. Yeah, I, I think I think One Piece mostly includes like the the struggle between pirates and the government. And yeah. that's always been kind of a big thing. And the thing was, in actual history at that time, government and religion weren't something you could separate. Mm-hmm. So in like real life, when pirates were around, it was pirates versus the government, but the government was also the religion. So it's kind of right. tied. Um, you, you see it a little bit in Pirates of the Caribbean um, with the Spanish trading company, all the Indian trading company, the Spanish fleets, all of that. And they're right to the fountain of life by God and all that. Um, it doesn't play. I, I feel like, tell, tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like the religion doesn't play as big of a role in fictional pirates as it does historical pirates. Not even close. Not, I just, I think that's the part of pirate history that most people aren't as interested in. So when making your fictional pirates, people are just like, yeah, we don't need to write in those. Yeah. But I, I do, I do find it interesting. The, the idea that people were just kind of told, yeah, no, no, this is what God wants you. Just like the crusade is sort of the same idea of no, God wants you to do this because your government said so. And I, I guess my question to you, do you still see that today where people are doing something because, well, you know, my government asked and God wants me to do what my government says. Right. Well, uh, as far as the government asking, uh, I would say uh, vaccinations right now. You know, because most people want to get vaccinated. Yeah, but I don't necessarily think that's because of the government. I think a lot of that's just personal safety kind of right. reasons. I think a lot of people are not doing it because of the government, though. That's true. <laughs> a ton of people. Yeah. If the vaccine yeah. had just come out and been distributed, I think a lot more people would have gotten it. True. And do you think they're not doing it because of the government is like tied up with the religion? Because it is usually like super conservative Christians who are like, no, I don't want to do this because the government's pushing it on me. Has it become almost the opposite where like to be religious is almost to be anti-government? So I've definitely seen some people claim that, uh, that they're, you know, being pro their religion by not getting the vaccine and therefore anti-government if they were to be mandated. It's, it's a bit of a complex issue. Yeah. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of time dedicated to sociology. <laughs> True. What about, um, what about other areas? Are there other areas where people do something just because, um, I don't know. I, I feel like that's more of a thing with the Catholic church today or you're more um, hierarchical churches. Growing up Pentecostal, you know, you never really have the general overseer saying, okay, I need you guys to go do this, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. It's, it's usually a lot more local. Right. It's always just, hey, guys, don't go to Pete's today. <laughs> I heard the yeah. chef swearing in the kitchen. Yeah. I, I definitely know lots of families stopped, winning to, stopped going to Hardee's 
when a couple of pastors told him to. I do remember that being a thing. Right. Yeah. But as far as an organizational thing goes, I don't I don't think the COGOP is going to come out and say, hey, no more Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah. Stop paying your taxes. We're not Although doing that. We do see where a lot of leaders in the Catholic Church now are trying to say, basically, you have to have this political opinion because it lines up with our doctrine, as opposed to where it used to be allowed to be separate. Right. So that's and kind that's, of the same. Yeah. And that's always kind of been a thing on the conservative side of things where it's like, yeah, no, I'm not Democrat because Democrat. What is the. It's not democracy, but the Democrats are anti Bible and, you know, just stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. Been being said forever. Yeah. I mean, and it is interesting. One side seems to be able to see that you can separate your personal beliefs and your political and the other one's like, no, you can't. Not right. that one is wrong or not, but that is definitely kind of the same themes that run through pirate history stories when you read through them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's about defying, you know, the people trying to stop us from doing what we want to do. Yeah. Which, you know, I don't think most people want to be pirates, but yeah, I am. Um, th this is not on the script at all, but one, one thing I, I've always enjoyed about actual pirate history is how much of it is definitely a lot darker than what's shown in the movies, right? Like just some of it is actually just a lot worse to just a lot more evil. But then oh, a lot yeah. of your like privateers, especially when you're looking at um, Henry Every or uh, uh, Steve Bonnet, a lot of them are like, they were actually borderline good guys. You know, <laughs> you know? like, I'm not sure about this. Oh, yeah. If you're yeah. English, Francis Drake is borderline a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's a hero. If you're an alcoholic, Henry Morgan's boy. <laughs> just, just kidding. Just kidding, guys. Um, but, <laughs> oh man. Um, what, what I found interesting is if you go through pirate history, a lot of it is a lot of people who would join a pirate crew, they wouldn't be captains because they didn't have the education, would be women or slaves because they had this opportunity to be free and do their own thing by joining a pirate crew. And what I find interesting is do you think in that circumstance, is it wrong to be a pirate? Again, that, that's a pretty complex <laughs> issue. Yeah, that's why I'm asking you. <laughs> the, yeah, well, the Bible says, and I don't know where it says this, but it does say it. Uh, you should follow the law of the land or something along those lines, unless it is unjust. So who's to say whether or not the laws against piracy are unjust? Yeah. We'll get we'll get more to that later. I actually have more thoughts of that, but that's when I want to get into Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Natural. So, what misconceptions do people have about pirates and privateers? Hmm. Uh, I, well, we already said some of these, but uh, <laughs> I don't feel like a lot of people think that certain pirates, certain people were pirates who were just privateers, which means they were sanctioned by the government. They were being legal, doing what they were supposed to do. Right. Um, my favorite one is how many people think Captain Kidd was this great pirate when in reality, he just kind of was like he was barely a privateer. His crew turned on him and then they went and ransacked another ship. And then England was like, we'll make an example of that guy and hung him for everyone to see. Like he didn't really he didn't do anything. Yeah. Yep. 
You just got the all the credit. Bible. Yeah. And the credit was bad. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What do you think are some misconceptions people have? So I wanted to say it, but with a few exceptions, most pirates or privateers didn't lay out some grand plan uh, to find all of their treasure that they stored somewhere. Uh, Francis Drake did, though. <laughs> uh, no one ever found it, so it's still out there. Uh, but, you know, so I can't even the, think of uh, any other examples, but is not Francis that Drake's common. treasure the one piece? Is that what uh, Luffy's going to find and he's suddenly going to be king of the pirates? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, I think so mm-hmm. too. Yeah, he's going <laughs> to find Francis Drake's coffin. Yeah. <laughs> which, by the way, is was lined with lead and dropped into the ocean. Oh, wow. Off the you coast know, of Puerto Rico, I think. Yeah. Ironically, I think I feel like both of our favorite privateers who are not pirates technically were the exceptions to that rule because like henry morgan he didn't plan to bury treasure but he definitely did plan that he was going to just have a lucrative enough business that no one would be able to get to him yeah yeah smart guys except for our favorite pirates you know when you compare it to how many pirates privateers there were didn't just set up some grand legacy some grand treasure hunt uh yeah. Most of them didn't just want to kill people because they were going to kill people. <laughs> uh, there were some pirate crews who were just, you know, out to make a few dollars, a few doubloons. Uh, but mostly it was just people trying to do some good for a community uh, or, you know, their own community. Uh, the only way they knew how. And a lot of them were just serving their government uh, when their government said, hey, go Go sink a bunch of Spanish ships for us. So yeah, I can't remember who it was now, but there was one relatively famous pirate who was in like cahoots with the New York governor. And that's what was really funny. So he was technically a pirate because he wasn't associated with the over, you know, all of Spain or whatever or anything like that. But the governor himself would have parties and invite this guy and his crew over and give them all the spoils and just kind of made it a safe New York, a safe place for them. And for a short time, New York was just a big pirate party. Place. Yeah. yeah. New York has been the coolest city in the world a couple of separate times. Yeah. Now that probably was one of them. Although if you weren't a pirate, you probably didn't want to be at that party. No. Because they, no, they were not, not good pirates. Those were, those were the bad guys. Right. So... Why are pirate movies and shows so appealing to people? I hmm. I think people actually just like how people dressed in that time era. Honestly, I think a large part of it's that. And then a large part of it's like the kind of music that typically goes with that kind of media. Yeah, kind just, of yeah. jaunting, you know. Yeah. Speaking of which, what I love is... Um, this is this is a weird misconception. A lot of people think that the movies are portraying pirates as dressing way nicer than they would. But most pirate captains are stealing the clothes of the richest people in the area. They typically did dress really nice. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good match. idea. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And most pirates weren't just like super scary people, but yeah. most people like, do seem a little scary with a cutlass in their hands. Oh, yeah. Like Steve Bonnet. He got a he got a terrible rep and he was really just, you know, ended up associated with Blackbeard and just kind of did what he could to not get killed. 
Yeah. But uh, I really think it's because a lot of people think it would be fun or at least think it's fun to think about being a pirate for at least a little bit. Like you get to go live on a boat. Yeah. People do like the sea. People take cruises all the time. That's just micro dosing being a pirate. And there's treasure. Yeah. There's a lot of money involved. Uh, And it usually it gets pretty fantastical. Most pirate movies, there's a little bit of shenanigans, a little rope swinging, a little ship combat. It's, it's just a fun time. And like uh, Captain Jack Sparrow once said, the Black Pearl is freedom. I think a lot of people like this idea of being able to be someone that they never really have to have responsibility or care about. It's just kind of a carefree life. I feel right. like that's that's a large draw, too. Right. Uh, so uh, if you would like to weigh in on any of those questions uh go on over to facebook check up check out our facebook group uh which is just called systematic ecology right yeah yeah Yeah. uh you will not see me there i'm not (laughs) a fan of facebook uh but it is a great group i've been told uh but you know we have a bunch of our hosts are pretty active and uh pretty much always willing to talk about whatever yeah Lots of fun. Lots of fun there. Um, so on to the theological and some other theological and philosophical means. Um, and I told you guys I was going to get to it. In Pirates of the Caribbean, the first movie, near the end. Um, so after everything that happens, it, it's basically been brought up that they wouldn't have been able to do the right thing or the moral thing if pirates were not involved in that particular story. Um, so there was a quote that I wanted to discuss, and it was um, perhaps... On the rare occasion, pursuing the right course demands an act of piracy. Piracy itself can be the right course. TJ, do you feel like true or false? That's what I want to get at. Well, uh, I'm going to say true. Sometimes piracy can be the right course. Now, I want to expound on that a little bit. Can sinning be okay if it just like like is it like the the means are justified by the ends kind of deal i i'm inclined to say no uh you should never intentionally sin okay so That's me being the opinion. absurd person i am i've created i created an absurd scenario are you ready for it of course yeah yeah um if if Someone is basically giving you the choice of you kill yourself or else they kill, I don't know, so, someone you care about really dearly. I won't give it a specific example because it will inevitably offend someone. Yeah. Um, would either of those choices be sinful, like allowing the person to murder someone else or killing yourself? Like, are, is that just like a lose-lose situation for you? Uh, it is. And it's a lose for my answer, which is I would I would just I would kill them. They can't stop me. (laughs) Smart. Okay. All right. So uh, to go with this, uh, I did want to look at the Bible verse in Hebrews 11, which is the known as the Hall of Faith. So we're talking about all these heroes of the Bible of the Old Testament, right? And in Hebrews 1131, it says, by faith, Rahab, the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. So in this particular scenario, Rahab in the Old Testament, she lies about 
hiding spies. God blesses her for that lie. And also, she wouldn't have welcomed him in in the first place if she was not a prostitute. DJ, how do we feel about Rahab? <laughs> I think she'd get along with pirates, first of all. <laughs> Say I that think more. you're right. Yeah. I think, uh, I think cha- things change uh, maybe a little bit uh, when you're dealing with Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. But... Uh, you know, she was friendly. Yeah. Well, it, it's possible that, and this is just me throwing things out there, that maybe your bad actions, maybe going down a bad route and you making the wrong decisions still lead you to a place where you're able to do even more good. Not because your wrong actions were actually good, but just because God knew you were going to do those bad things anyway. Right. Does that, does that seem kind of check out? I think that definitely checks out with me. Uh, I believe everything happens for a reason. Uh, you know, and God knows the reason. That's why I'm very go with the flow kind of guy. You know, to me, it's just, oh, well, whatever yeah. happens next happens. Yeah. I, I'm i brought to think of um, what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good, right? Like, um, yeah, yeah, obviously... <laughs> If you're looking at the grand scheme of things, you know, uh, dark spirit, Satan, whatever you want to say, they're looking at pirates thinking, hey, that's a win. That's, you know, checkbox right there. They're stealing, murdering, plundering, all, all you know, all the stuff that they're doing. Good win. But I do believe God can use anything for good. Even being a pirate. Yeah. Um. So... When we consider this, when we consider all of this, like um, how religion and piracy is like kind of intermingled in this weird relationship here, what action can we learn to take or not take from this? I want to say the obvious answer uh, would be start a pirate crew. All right. I I cannot in good faith condone that uh, you start a pirate (laughs) crew. Uh, but I, I think the real lesson is uh, multifaceted, really. Uh, first of all, history is written by the victor. Uh, write that down. <laughs> uh, also, sometimes the ends might justify the needs or the means. Because, you know, uh, Robin Hood is basically a pirate just on land. That That's another one of my favorite fictional pirates, a gallivant. Season one, near the end, uh, there's a uh, crew of pirates whose ship was uh, <laughs> caught on land and they were stuck there and they sing a song about how they're the, um, what is it? Lords of the sea, but not of the actual sea. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. They're, they're definitely my favorite fictional pirates. Um, I'm also, here's an application I was thinking of too. No matter what you've done or what got you to the place you're at now, doing the right thing in your current circumstance is still the right thing. And God knew that you were going to be where you're at now, regardless of what terrible path you took to get there. Right. Yeah. So there's a, there's a whole lot of things in there. A uh, whole lot of lessons to glean off of that. Uh, I don't want to 
force anyone's perception one way or the other. Uh, but uh, I did want to ask, uh, what would you do if you found yourself on a pirate crew uh, and you found yourself suddenly uh, not fighting for the right cause? Uh, you no longer felt just in your piracy. Who knows? Would you mutinize? Would you would you jump ship? Do you know how to swim? It's yeah, the sixteen hundreds. Like, yeah, like if you were in the crew, because yeah. yeah, if you you leave, they, they might kill you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't be the sole mutineer. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's rough. All right, uh, but now it is time to wrap up. <laughs> And uh, naturally, we like to give a few recommendations. Uh, Josh, is there anything you'd recommend for our audience this week? Uh, yes. Episode? I'm going to stick pirate themed. Uh, the book Empire of Blue Water, fantastic, you know, goes through the story and history of Captain Henry Morgan, how he created an entire empire of pirates just because he was tired of a religious war. And it's a really fantastic read. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm also going to stay pirate themed. Uh, if you have a PlayStation or have access to one, uh, go pick up an Uncharted game. Uh, the Uncharted series is about Nathan Drake trying to find Sir Francis Drake's treasure, mostly. Uh, you know, somehow I never knew that. And I played one of those games. Yep, you played the fourth one, hmm. I think. Hmm. But uh, if you were looking to follow me online, I am on Instagram primarily. Uh, at manafinesse.destiny. Uh, good luck typing that in if you're just listening. <laughs> but uh, that is where you can find me. It's the only place I'm even kind of active and I don't post. So, yeah. Or However, you can check me out on uh, the Whole Church Podcast, uh, wherever you're listening to this now. Yeah, yeah. TJ and I both host the Whole Church Podcast together, and you can find both of us on systematicecology.org. You can go to the host, scroll down, and you'll see all the episodes TJ and I are in if you are so inclined to do so. All right. Uh, where do you want to plug one of your socials, Josh? I did not. All right. Uh, next episode, we'll be talking about Squid Game uh, with host Alex Matthews, Alicia Matthews, no relation. Just kidding. Uh, Ali Kuntz and Dan Stewart. I'm pretty sure is how you say Dan's name. Uh, <laughs> but check out our website in the description uh, to let us know what you've been geeking out on and what we should be geeking out on because we might cover it. There's a whole lot of us. Yeah, we've done and, a few of those. Right. And uh, remember, we are a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.